welcome back to the special election podcast yeah welcome back um a little three-month hiatus yeah sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> but we are back and we do have a different selection than we were planning on for you today yeah so uh we took a break for a while and on our last episode we said we were going to be watching the help but we decided well i guess more i decided to change <laughs> the selection to fan of the opera because we were watching a Lindsay Ellis video about Phantom of the Opera, and Rich right. was like, I still haven't seen this, we should watch it. And so I was like, well, let's watch it. Yeah, so we're going to so watch we the Phantom of the Opera. We are. Um, also, uh, we are, again, sorry for taking such a long break, but we are going to be back with new episodes, maybe not every two weeks, but maybe once a month. Um, I think it's going to be our new format, just so that we don't, you know, overburden ourselves. Um, so yeah, uh, also, uh, we just wanted to say, uh, just because we are in the Buffalo area that, mm -hmm. um, this past weekend we had a tragedy that occurred in our community. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just want to say how sorry we are that this happened and our condolences to the families. Right. And I mean, it happened literally like five minutes from our kids' daycare yeah. and, just like having something like this happen in your own community mm -hmm. really strikes a nerve in a way. So I just wanted to, to say that and say that, you know, things need to change and we're going to yeah. work to change them. And we condemn racism in all its in all its forms. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, that, this was a racist attack against the black community in Buffalo. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. Sorry. And... It almost, I, it's like, it's weird to say this, but like, it almost gives me a little bit of solace to know that the person who did it was not from our community. I've seen that sentiment a lot and I, I agree. Yeah. It is, it is, it's, it's, yeah, he wasn't from Buffalo. He's not of Buffalo and we will hopefully be better in the future together. Yeah. Like, we just, there's gotta be some changes made. Yeah. You and it know, starts with all of us. So. Absolutely. And we love our city and, you know, we just, we want our city to heal from this and, and everybody to heal from this. And, uh, yeah, just uh, Black just, Lives Matter. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. And now on to um, Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> yeah. So Aaron's been talking a lot, but I do want to say that Phantom of the Opera. So, like, I'm not the biggest fan of scary movies. So I know this one is a ghost movie. He's no. Oh, I'm just. I'm actually just kidding. I know that it's. He's really like kind of like the Two Face from Batman. He's got the Harvey Dent like the burnt face or whatever. Kind. Well, okay. So originally, the Phantom of the Opera is kind of. I guess you're right in that he's like a ghost. He's more of like a demon, um, in the original text. Mm -hmm. But as became more popular in the mainstream, um, especially with Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical, which this movie we're going to watch is based on. Okay. Um, it started with a full mask, and then actually it became the half mask because when they were doing um, previews for Fame of the Opera on Broadway... You wanted to be able to see half the guy's face at least? So no. You no. It's because Michael Crawford's microphone would not fit through the whole mask. Wow. So they had to, in order to properly mic him, they had to make it a half mask. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
Thanks, a, Lindsay Ellis, for teaching me that. That's a good deep fact. I like that. See, yeah. so you said the based off the the text. It was based off a, a musical by or a play by Andrew Lloyd Webber, right? Not originally, no. No, this was is a story a that dates back. Yeah, it dates back to I don't remember the original author, but it's yeah. This story's been around since like the early twentieth century. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So early nineteen hundreds then. Okay. Cool. Pretty sure, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, um, it was adapted into a musical um, by Andrew Lloyd Webber, and that's where, like, that's where its notoriety comes from. Is sure. mostly the musical because it has gained such notoriety. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I know the it's like longest running Broadway show. You yeah. were just about to say that, weren't <laughs> yes, you? Yes, I was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I actually believe it or not, got to see a performance of it on Broadway at the the theater that it's. I don't remember what the name of the theater is. The Phantom of the Opera Theater. The, the one where it's played, <laughs> um, performed. But yeah, I got to see it on Broadway, which was cool, um, when I was in 11th grade on a school field trip to New York City. <laughs> I've never seen The Phantom of the Opera. Do you I'm know anything the... about the story? I mean, aside from I what? know that he's like a creeper who lives in like the rafters or something, and he like fucks with the people during their shows, and I don't know, is he a killer, too? Is he a murderer? I am not going to comment. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know he gets up to some no-good business, though. He ain't like Quasimodo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. No. He ain't a good-hearted good -hearted soul. He ain't V from V for Vendetta. No. No, he's not. Kind of like V for Vendetta guy, but he's a little... No. Mm, you'll, you'll see. He doesn't have superpowers. No. No, he doesn't have superpowers. Um, let me read you my summary. Just see, hang on, because you're kind of getting into like what my summary. Oh, okay, entails okay, a sure, bit. yeah, let's go for it. All right. So this is my fan of the opera uh, summary, and mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> D nice. Shout out to D nice. <laughs> Love you, mother in law. Oh man. Just the, she's gonna probably laugh at this because this is like. She loves Phantom of the Opera, but I don't think she's ever, like, looked at it from this lens before. So, shout out to my mom. <laughs> okay. Girl with Daddy Issues is stalked by a murderous genius who doesn't under understand basic social cues and lives in a flooded basement of an opera house. Based on a true story, kind of. Okay. So he is a murderous guy who lives in a flooded basement. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, right. but there's, like... There are other characters that are involved, and it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Does he steal, where does he steal food from? Do they ever tell you? I don't, no, I don't think that's ever. Mm. Like, how does he maintain his operatic performance skills when he's eating, like, moldy bread in his dank basement? <laughs> that is a part of the story they've never explained, at least to my knowledge. But I don't know, when we watch it, you can see if you can... I'm going to have to glean on the world building details. That's what I'm in for. Yeah. Are we going to get you into Phantom of the Opera lore? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to be a deep in yeah. the Phantom of the Opera the Phantom of the Opera cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> cinematic multiverse, technically, because it's also like a, a Broadway play. So so technically, it's transcended the theatrical realm. Yeah. So when it wouldn't be a cinematic multiverse. Someone should write a just... book about this. <laughs> they can call it the Phantom of the Opera. You should write it. Be a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write a poem about it called it's gonna be called P H N T M. 
And it's going to be a very abridged story of the Phantom of the Opera. It's going to be like, Buongiorno was sad because girl is love. Wait. <laughs> Hide in basement. Because Buongiorno, no girl. Get girl 10 years old. <laughs> Wait. Okay, that is not this movie. <laughs> I know, that's the, that's the sequel. Okay, I have so many questions. Number what? one, Buongiorno is his name, so his name is Good Morning I've, in Italian? I've never seen this movie. I'm assuming he's French, so I just said <laughs> Buongiorno because he's in a French, he's an Italian Buongiorno is Italian. It doesn't matter. His <laughs> name is Buongiorno until proven otherwise, Aaron. We haven't watched the movie yet, folks. I don't know what the Phantom of the Opera's name is, and it's way too hard already. to say Phantom of the Opera so many times, because right. the Phantom of the Opera is a movie, but it's also the title of the character, You too. actually don't know, like, in the uh, oh, show no. itself, you don't learn his first name. It's okay. Eric, though. It's Bongiorno. <laughs> no, it isn't. Bongiorno. Kind of like, what's his name, Brad Pitt and the Glorious Bastards? Bongiorno. <laughs> you ever seen Glorious Bastards? Yeah. All right. I, well, I've seen all of Inglorious Bastards except the scenes where people get scalped because uh, that's not for me. That's extremely fair. <laughs> extremely fair. We just shook hands, by the way. Yeah, yeah, made eye contact and shook hands. That's a, that's an extremely fair point. Um, I think we need to stop dallying. Yeah, we gotta watch this movie. Yeah, we do. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I see. I know that. Dun, bum, 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 bum. All right, we're not gonna we're gonna copyright strike him. We gotta be careful. Uh, no, I don't think so. Unless, I mean, I don't know. Is Laura Dandy that desperate for money? He's Andrew Lloyd gonna... Webber is out there. He's like throwing copyright strikes and everything. Wow. He's like, you have impinged on my performance. He's a British man. He talks like this. All right. Well, I wasn't sure. Yeah. He's a British man. Okay. We're going to go watch this movie now. So. Bloody hell. Goodbye. <laughs> All right, I have just subjected Rich to the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, now the Phantom of the Opera is here inside my mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. So? Let's, uh, let's get it out of my mind and into the uh, podcast sphere. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. I enjoyed it. Yeah, okay. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought the music was really, really good. Like, really, really good. Um. I agree with you when you said, uh, Aaron said Gerard Butler kind of is the weak point of the singing and like, yeah, yeah definitely. But I also liked seeing the guy from 300 do this. This was fun. <laughs> well, um, like half the time he doesn't even sing. He just screams or he like yells his singing yeah. parts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like ju juxtaposed with everybody else kind of like belting it out, like killing it. Like you, you say mini driver or whatever. Carlotta. That's who, yeah. who she, they're. That's who played Carlotta, rather. Yeah. I mean, jumping right into it, Carlotta. I like Carlotta. <laughs> Carlotta's great. Yeah. Total diva. I'm really glad that Minnie Driver was in this movie, too. I mean, I don't know who Minnie Driver is, but... That's who played Carlotta. But... Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't know who she is aside from that. Though, yes, yes, mean. clearly. Okay. Yes, but... Um, here's a fun fact. She was the voice of Jane in the Disney animated movie Tarzan. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. If I showed you, well, no, because you've seen her, and never mind. I was going to say if I showed you a picture, but that didn't make any sense because no, yeah. you just watched her. I joked when when she first appeared on screen, I was like, oh, Lady Gaga. 
It's like a little bit before Lady Gaga's time, but. Yeah. So yeah, Carlotta. Loved Carlotta. I loved Pianji or whatever his Pianji. name. Pianji. Her bow. Her bow. Her boo. He was great right up until. He got murdered. He got got, dude, by the Phantom. The only one, like the last person that the Phantom kills, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yep. He just like jumps on Pianji for. I mean, he was always going to jump on Pianji, I guess, but. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, in that context, it's because he wants to replace Pianji's yeah. hair. Yeah. And he's Don Juan. Mm-hmm. But, come on. <laughs> I just, okay, I have to say this. So, this whole movie, like, it was just so funny watching the scenes with Christine and the Phantom and watching your face. <laughs> just be like, what? I mean, that's like what the vast majority of my notes are, is like how uncomfortable the Christine and the Phantom situation is. <laughs> okay, I want to just, like, go down your, your list of notes. I just want to hear what you wrote. Sure, sure, yeah. I'll, I'll actually, I'll literally go down my notes and just share the, some highlights here. Okay. So I've started off very early by, like, Madame Jiri, I didn't like her, a little suspicious. Came to find out that I was right to be suspicious, obviously. Yeah, well, you were right on from the beginning. Um, Dungeon Man is what I called the Phantom at first. I think I was calling him Buongiorno yeah. yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, Buongiorno, I don't know, man. You say his name's Eric. I guess that's fine. I don't understand how a little gypsy boy becomes Eric or a little Roma boy, but maybe they do name their kids Eric. I don't know much about Roma culture. Well, okay, so the whole Romani thing, that was only added for the movie. Okay. Yeah, like that whole backstory is not part of the original, like, even story. So, like, part of the backstory that I wasn't prepared for Mm -hmm. in the original... Is that this guy's like a total, I mean, they throw the, the term groomers being thrown out a lot now, but this guy kind of groomed her. He no, assumed, he legitimately groomed her. Yeah, he assumed the identity of like her guardian angel slash father's ghost slash the angel of music. Yeah. To manipulate her from age seven, I believe. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. And she, she literally thinks, I'm sorry, go no, ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say that, no, you're right on the money, that, yeah. I mean, well, you got you to gotta figure that the Phantom is the same age as Madame Giri. Madame Giri is, like, already an adult by the time that Christine comes to the opera house. Right. So he's fully capable of understanding what he's doing. And he's, like, yeah, he's a master manipulator. Yeah, he is. He literally, yeah. My, my face was incredulous throughout this entire experience yeah. because of that. <laughs> just a, such an uncomfortable thing. Like, I wrote down, she thinks her he's her freaking dad. Mm-hmm. She literally thinks, like, it might be her, like, dad's spirit guiding her from beyond the grave. And, like, when she first t- is talking to the angel of music, she's talking to her dad. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's, he's hasn't shown himself before. No, he's been talking to her and, like, giving her singing lessons for years. Yeah. After, her fa- after he apparently overheard her father telling her... That there's an angel of music? I don't know. I don't think he overheard. No, it, it's. I think it's. He overheard Christine telling probably Meg about like how her father oh. said. Yeah, because she moves into the opera house after her father dies, and it's never explained how her mother dies either. No, it isn't. Yeah, but regardless, she's incredibly gaslit. She's pretty much just a lost cause throughout the movie. Yeah, well, I mean, even at first, Raul kind of gaslights her. In what way? Because, like, 
at first he's kind of saying like there is no phantom of the opera and like is trying to tell her that she's like seeing and imagining things and she's literally like I've been there I've seen him and he's like I think you've had a little too much wine you know what I mean yeah but to be yeah but the phantom ramps up pretty quickly and makes it clear that he's a real guy yeah um in much more of a brazen fashion than I like expected I mean I knew that I guess I knew the thing had to wrap up at some point but he really just puts it all out there Mm -hmm. shows up for the masquerade and is like hey what we're gonna do <laughs> i got a sword i brought it to the party i got a trap doors all over the place <laughs> here's, here's my opera you guys yeah. are gonna perform it yeah here's my opera it's called don juan the triumphant it's about me don juan being triumphant by getting the girl that i want don't worry about it just let christine play the girl that i want <laughs> there's no relation to the fact that i've kidnapped her before and that she's the girl that i want None at all. Raul, stay out of my business. Even though this is your business, it's my business. But it's your business and my business. Pay the rent. <laughs> keep, keep the lights on. Pay Let me rent. do my shows. And no one else has to die. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Uh, I don't have any sympathy at all for the Phantom. I don't like the Phantom. I hate the Phantom. <laughs> I think the Phantom, uh, the whole time, Raul should have killed the Phantom. Raul... Should have had the guards kill the Phantom. The guards should have killed the Phantom at any point in the, like, 10-minute monologue he had with Christine before he gets up to Christine and then makes it impossible to take the shot. Yeah, I've um, never really understood that either. I don't understand what Raul's plan was. Maybe it was to arrest the guy or something, but, like, Raul watches him, like, grope Christine and watches Christine, like, falling for it. Yeah. Like, maybe she isn't, but, like, you can tell that, like, by the end she clearly isn't, but, like, she's... Throughout there, it's, it, it could go either way. It could go either way, no problem. Well, yeah, because she's been, like, Stockholm syndromed into her believing. Whole life. Yeah, that this guy is, like, this great influence in her life. And then she learns it's just some dude that's, like, a creep. He is, like, <laughs> He's well, obsessed with her. We thought it was a wax statue, but it turns out that it's, like, a mannequin of her dress and her face. Okay. I'm going to get to that in the trivia. Okay. There's something about that in the trivia that I just read on IMDb that will blow your mind. Okay. I'm really looking forward to that then. Heck but yeah. I, I wrote, and we were going down my notes here, and I was like, I like his cave. I mean, frankly, that's a nice cave. Everybody wants a tunnel. He's got He's got an escape tunnel in his cave. He's got tunnels down to his cave. I like his cave. Well, I will say this, because Lindsay Ellis also pointed this out, and I think it's just funny, like, watching this movie again. Um, the part where the candles come up out of the water, like how, how would that make any logical sense? I think then we kind of like as- assume that like basically that seems like that was just Christine's imagination, like that she was being pulled into like oh, the that's... angel verse because you have like those hands come out of the wall holding like the braziers and stuff. And like when Meg goes into that room, Meg, it is Meg, right? Yep. Later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Meg goes into that room behind the mirror. <laughs> it's literally like dusty like it hasn't been gone through it hasn't been cleaned when she and when Christine's going through it it's like lit up nice and golden welcoming inviting and I feel like that's kind of like might be ah I didn't even think of it from that like maybe the, the candles no I think you're right about that like it might I mean in the show like in the stage show it's meant to be like a scene transition but like sure in that context I think you're right because there's no Jean Cocteau arms like that in the 
in the stage show, like those arms coming out of the wall, that yeah. doesn't happen in the stage show. They're just like walking across the stage. I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong on the like, No, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely, that makes the most logical sense, I think, that it's just like she's so infatuated with him and she like, because why else would those arms exist if she wasn't just in some like fantasy world? Well, I mean, they were like literally moving arms that were like pulling out while they were like doing their singing. Yeah. And like, yeah, they're floating on their little gondola boat. And there's literally chandeliers coming out of the, or I mean, candelabras, I guess you'd say, coming yeah. out of the water. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, it doesn't make much sense. I guess maybe you could have, maybe they could be gas powered. I'm, we're thinking way too much about this. Well, yeah. I mean, no, I think, I don't know. I like your explanation that it's just, she's so like infatuated with meeting this quote unquote angel of music that she like is fantasizing that stuff. I don't know. At the MBC's cave is still pretty sweet, but there's no water candles. No. There's just normal candles. Yeah, that's a good point. At the end of the movie, like, his lair doesn't look nearly as impressive as it did, like, in the first few scenes when she it's, was there. It's um also, when she's first there, it's all shot from, like, a low-down perspective. Like, you don't see the full expanse of the room and everything like that. Like, when you when it's framed in, in the latter part of the movie, you can see, like, that it literally is just like a small, pretty small room. Yeah. That he has access to. Yeah. With his little gate. His little portcullis. <laughs> so Christine's cracked. Um, <laughs> that was pretty much the point before the intermission. And, you know, after the inter intermission, I love the masquerade sequence. I thought that was great. I think, like, the Phantom theme, super strong. Awesome. Oh, like all the songs, like the, the Phantom of the Opera is here. Great song. Great Love all that stuff. Andrew Lloyd Webber is a great composer. I will give him that. It was, the music was awesome. Yeah. Um, I liked the masquerade sequence a ton. And Carlotta won the masquerade. <laughs> she was great. Again. I really liked that the Phantom brought a special mask for the masquerade. <laughs> I think that was a nice touch. Yeah, did it was you, like a skull mask, kind of, yeah. Yeah, did you see his little sword had a, little, had a skull on the pommel, too? Oh, no, I guess I missed that. Mm -hmm. If you look at it, like, in the thing, it's... It, the. The hilt of his sword is like a skull. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, so he's got like a thing for panache, which, you know, for someone who's, oh, gosh, I've never been able to see the light of the outside world, he sure draws a lot of, a large salary. He must get deliveries on courtesy of Madame Giri. Well, I remember before we started watching this movie, you asked, how does he get food? And that's a question that still is never answered. Madame Giri. Oh, yeah. Yeah, All Madame right. Jury's taking care... Like, Madame Jury's the ultimate source of the Phantom. She enabled the Phantom to exist. That's true. Like, straight up. And he was mostly harmless. Mostly. Well... Yeah, he developed an unhealthy obsession with Christine. Yeah. And by that point, he was way too dangerous to intervene with. Madame Jury had lost control. She had to, like, play damage control and say, Oh, as though so many accidents are happening... Because the Phantom was great at covering his tracks, for the most part. He just got sloppy when it came to Christine. And the Phantom's hand was forced when Christine met Raul. Because the Phantom had a whole, like... He had a whole play, basically. Literally, <laughs> a whole opera. He had a, <laughs> he had a whole plan. And Raul showed up and, like, basically scared the Phantom into action, into being overt. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. No, you're absolutely right. Like, I, I like that you're, like, analyzing this so much. It's really cool to hear you talk about it. I don't know. It. Just thinking about it, like, the Phantom 
he had all the time in the world to manipulate Christine. And then like he had to break the he had to break the angel shtick. And like he reveals himself to Christine and and comes out of the uh, one way mirror mm-hmm. right after she's talking to Raul and like, oh, let's go to dinner. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, because he could have revealed himself at any point. And yeah, the point was for the the point was forced. Yeah. So like, you know, he the guy is a genius, clearly a mad genius, an evil genius. But, um, and he has a real thing for panache, but he got sloppy when it came to Christine. Big time sloppy. And, uh, what did I say here? Oh, God. So, okay, the Phantom. I hate the Phantom so much, obviously. (laughs) I like Raul as much as I hate the Phantom. I like Raul. Raul. He's the best part of this movie, aside from Mini Driver. He's great. Total, just a guy, he's doing his thing. I mean... You know, uh, eat the rich or whatever if you if you go that way. But I mean, the Vicomp, the Shagney, he's all right with me. <laughs> <laughs> he um, I mean he he like actually is trying to like help Christine and like get Christine out of there. He actually seems to, like care for Christine. Well, yeah, because they are childhood sweethearts. Like they have a pre-existing relationship. Like, ugh. and the whole time Christine keeps running back to the Phantom or getting abducted by the Phantom, and every time. Raul gets away from Christine. Trouble starts. He falls off towards the end, but... Yeah. <clears throat> he falls off because... Well, he, I mean, at the end, he's fine, but he kind of falls off only because he's like... He lets the Phantom do his whole shtick for ten minutes. Yeah. He does. He lets him perform the rest of the musical number instead of intervening when it's, like, a clear... Like, he could have... Like you said, he could have shot the Phantom on stage at it, any time. It's 1870. Yeah, he could have shot the fan with, like, a pistol if he brought a pistol. I don't or know why he wouldn't police. bring a gun. I mean, yeah, yeah. they bring the police. Well, the police had rifles. They could have... 1870. Yeah. They could have shot him from a football field away. The Olympic Theater Popular or whatever the heck. Opera Popular. Yeah, Opera Popular. Olympic <laughs> So I was irate that the police weren't showing up the whole time. And then the police showed up, and I was glad to see that. They didn't do anything, but... At least they were called, finally. This is totally unrelated, but you just made me think of something. What is the name of the, the theater where, like, um, Shakespeare plays were performed? What is that called? The Globe Theater? I, maybe? Like, it's, a, it's in a circle? I don't know. I, I think it's the Globe, but that I think, could be I think wrong. you're right, actually. No, I think you're right. The Globe Theater. I think you're right. Okay, could sorry. That was to- a totally random thought. Oh, the Phantom, did, did, he shows up, she goes to her father's grave, and the Phantom shows up inside of her father's mausoleum. He, like, lights the light, the lantern inside her father's mausoleum and, like, opens the doors to her father's crypt. Yeah. And then jumps off of her father's crypt roof. Yeah. To attack her lover. Uh-huh. Her boyfriend, really, fiance. I guess. Like, fiance. Fiance, yeah. 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 Man, the fam's so weak, dude. What a jerk. Well, and also, okay, since we're talking about, like, them being engaged. So, the Phantom takes the ring that Raul gives to Christine off of Christine's neck. Yeah. And then she gives it to the Phantom at the end of the movie. It's very, I, like, what? <laughs> yeah, because Raul uh, never got a chance to give her the ring. It was never his, um, you know, he never got to give her the ring. It was a secret engagement ring. 
It was very secret because it was hanging on a freaking necklace around her neck. No one would have ever noticed the really nice diamond ring hanging around her neck and wondered. Huh. They also kissed right in front of everyone at the mask. Well, so. it's a secret engagement, and no one should know, especially not the Phantom of the Opera. Oops. Oops. The Phantom of the Opera is there. Um, <laughs> so we move on to Phantom Part 2, Raul equals Mac Daddy. And he kind of does. Okay. You want Raul to be your Mac Daddy? No. He's good for Christine, though. All right, fair. I think he's good for Christine. So, Christine does have it rough. You know. How? Oh, my God. Sorry. How? <sighs> she was orphaned. Well, yeah. Yeah, so she has it rough. She's been manipulated since she was orphaned. That's correct. She has it pretty rough. I agree. I wish she would shit or get off the pot. <laughs> but she doesn't. The guy doesn't get shot. Raul commits an oopsie daisy. <laughs> and I just like, I don't know, man. Christine, she gets his, the Phantom's ass a little bit, but also kisses the Phantom passionately a little bit. And then if we're going to dig into the sequel here at all, we know that <laughs> somehow she gets pregnant by the Phantom and has we the Phantom's baby. Yeah. In this movie, it's never shown that she would have any time to have relations with the Phantom. Never. Nope. Unless well, you did it while she was sleeping on his couch. Well, no, it's implied that she comes back after, like, the events of the first show are done. So, like, at the time in between the first show and the second show, she, like, goes back and bangs him and gets pregnant with his kid. She's weak, dude. <laughs> That's so weak. Are hey, you kidding? Andrew Lloyd Webber is weak. <laughs> Maybe. I, his, I mean, good... good Good product you made, Andy, but holy crap. She went back. She was leaving on a boat after all of this. Mm -hmm. Multiple murders. Yep. Knows the truth about him manipulating her. And was leaving on a boat with her lover, her fiancé, singing, like, Oh, we... All I ask of. Yeah, it's like your love forever. Haha. <laughs> and then she, like, was like, Oh, Phantom. I know the kiss, but I didn't want to leave you with blue balls, Mr. Phantom. <laughs> that would be unladylike, unbecoming of an operetto like me. Mm, operetta, I think. Okay. Unbecoming. Um, I think... I think that the sequel was a response to a lot of fan fiction that people were writing, where they, like... No, I'm not even kidding. Like, where they wanted, like, Raul to be a drunk... And for the real hero to be the Phantom. and Is that what happens? The real hero is the Phantom in the next movie? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, she ends up, like, basically leaving Raul for the Phantom. Yep. Before she gets killed. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a great Spoiler. ending for her. Man. Um, <laughs> yeah, literally, <laughs> he went, I'm glad she dies in the, in the sequel. I am. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I'm glad. But, and it totally happens just out of the blue. She just gets shot, which is funny. She gets shot by Meg. By Meg? That's who gets her? Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. That's why we gotta watch it. Oh my lord. <laughs> yeah, we do have to watch it, I guess. Hell I bet that's gonna trash fire. I, from what I've heard, it absolutely is. This one was not a trash fire. 
Compared to the stage version, I would say it kind of is, but all in all, like it's not a bad film. The stage version must be sick. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I bet it's got to be sick. Especially like, I mean, the the chandelier literally comes down like on the audience. Yeah. Like, it's so cool. I mean, you don't like get hit with it, obviously, <laughs> but it comes down like low enough that you're like, ah! Broadway's <laughs> longest running show. Our insurance premiums are through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> One audience murdered every night. <laughs> <laughs> Will you be the lucky winner? A fan it's like of the, the Akigahara of uh, Broadway. Oh, God, that's a really bad... Okay, sorry. <laughs> I, like, took Dark. a second to recognize what that was. I was like, is that a battle or something? No, it's not. I'm not going to explain that one. Anyway. Yeah. So. Raul committed oopsie daisies. Yes. Good. What did that say? God damn it, Christine. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because she, like, gives the guy, like, a passionate kiss and then apparently goes back to, like, bang him afterwards. Like, I don't... Christine, oh, okay. dude, you're all over the place. <laughs> Dang it, ugh, total train Dang wreck. Christine. Can't blame her for being a train wreck, but like, oh my god. Yeah, this uh, this whole story is a good like indication, or not a good indication, but it's a good example of like people who need to go to therapy. They people didn't have who have therapy. unresolved trauma. They had like shock therapy if they had therapy at all. It was probably like, oh, Christine, our cutting edge medical science says that you're hysterical, and we need to lobotomize you yeah well i think the phantom might have uh profited or not profited but it would have been a positive experience from him i can't talk today i'm getting know lobotomized going. yeah maybe maybe he shouldn't have been so uncomfortable with his well that's not for me to say his face wasn't that bad though yeah really what i mean at least in this version like uh, in the stage show it looks like worse in mm. comparison so they should make him look a little like a skeleton yeah they should like jack skeleton <laughs> that'd be pretty cool you know. What's this? What's this? That'd There's phantoms everywhere. What's this? There's murder I, in the air. I love What's the, this? <laughs> speaking <laughs> of phantoms, I love that he signs his letters. OG. OG. Opera ghost. The OG. He calls himself the opera ghost and everyone else is like, oh, the phantom of the opera. No, they call him opera ghost. I, they call him opera ghost. He calls himself opera ghost. They don't really call him opera ghost very much. And then he also calls himself the phantom of the opera. So he's all over the place too. But I do like that he's the OG. He's the OG. So, okay, what is your rating of this film? I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Cool. I really liked it. I, I, yeah, I liked it a good bit. I thought I really thought the music was really good. I couldn't stand the Phantom. <laughs> I liked Raul, and I don't know. The, the whole, every sequence of the Phantom was more uncomfortable than the last one, basically. <laughs> yeah, you did get, like, visibly more uncomfortable each time. Oh, I liked the sword fight. The sword fight was added for the movie. Yeah, for the movie. I liked it. It was good. I think it got the. I think it got everything it needed to get across. Across. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, except it doesn't. So it doesn't go anywhere. Well, no. I mean, again, I'm gonna keep refer- referencing Lindsay Ellis. Um, but like in her video, she makes a good point about how, like. The Phantom at the end says that the world showed no compassion to me, but then Raul spares him in the sword fight instead yeah. of killing him. So, like, that's your compassion right there, buddy. Sure it is, but the Phantom is literally never, ever going to acknowledge, like, anything. Like, he, the world never showed any compassion to me. Yes, they did. Madame Giri has literally enabled you to live your entire adult life in yeah. her basement. That's, 
That's she saved you yeah. from like being lynched. Yeah, he's I mean, just a fucking narcissist. He was going to be killed for that murder that he committed, yeah. even though it was a just murder. Which again, that backstory was added for the movie, which is like, I like that addition though. Sure, I mean, at least it like makes like, it makes sympathetic, some sympathetic like sense possible. Well, it just, I, I mean, not that we're really trying to be sympathetic to the Phantom. Oh, I'm like, not. Well, no, I know, I know you're not. Um, but if anything, it just makes the character of the Phantom a little more well-rounded. Right. You know. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, it's like okay, but like, but why are you such a dick? <laughs> yeah, I mean, then it's like, oh, they never showed me compassion because my face is messed up, and it's like, well, okay. It's also never explained how his face gets messed up. Yeah, and this it looks like it was clearly burned or something. It's not like it's a birth defect or something. He's clearly had it since he was a child. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so, he just got burned by a scalding pot of soup. <laughs> What? <laughs> just, it's the third degree soup burns aren't funny. I'm sorry, just the way you said that. A scalding pot of soup. I'm trying to think. You're traveling in the Romani caravan. They're probably cooking up soup in the cauldron, and you walk by and you slip. And you... I, I don't think that he, like, was a part of the freak show before he got messed up in the face. Where I did think they he... get him? Mm, I don't know. But I bet he was. I bet they. I bet he got messed up in the face, and they were like, "Oh, finally, this guy's got a meal ticket." Again, questions we will never know. Unless he was just or like answers we will never know. You know, he didn't. He never mentions his family. No. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's like there's no real explanation for why he. I'll have to read the original fan of the opera book, and maybe I'll get some answers. Well, you know what? He can feel bad as he wants, but he's still a jerk. Would you like to hear some trivia? There's some, like, actually really interesting trivia. I'm super down, actually. I did, I really did, like, 3.5 out of 5 is what I had to give it because, like, you know, that's a very fair rating. And I feel like, you know, it was pretty darn good. I enjoyed it. I'm easy to please, I guess, but I really did enjoy the movie. I was, my, it captured my attention the whole way through. Yeah, that's for sure. And, yeah, (laughs) that's for sure. I was sitting... Oh, man. My mouth was agape for some of those scenes. That's oh, for sure, yeah. too. But that was no, um, so funny. Sorry. <laughs> please do um, Okay. trivia. So, the doll in the Phantom's lair that is supposed to resemble Emmy Rossum, who plays Christine, is not actually a wax mold. It is Emmy Rossum. The production produced a mask of her face to use on the mannequin, but when they put, the, put in the fake eyes, it didn't look like her. She, suggest, she, yes, she suggested... To stand in as the mannequin instead. This was done by her being made up like a doll with waxy makeup on and her standing very, very still. Wow. Yeah. That's wicked. That is pretty cool. Because I did think that was a wax statue. They did a really good job making that effect come across. Yeah. It looked just like a wax statue. Um, Okay. At the end of the masquerade scene, Raoul briefly enters a circular chamber of mirrors. Um, That's a reference to the original Phantom of the Opera novel, novel. in which the Phantom used the mirrored chamber as a torture chamber to drive victims insane. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hell yeah. The Phantom only spe- or speaks only 14 of his lines and sings the rest. Um, wow. Let's see. Um, All of the principal actors sang in the film except for Minnie Driver. Most of the actors have a background in musicals or opera, but Minnie Driver, who is a skilled singer... 
had no experience in opera and was dubbed by Margaret Priest, a singing teacher from Soil Hole, UK. Um, wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. They did a great job. Apparently she did contribute the film's end title song, Learn to Be Lonely, written specifically for the film by Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. Wow. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, okay. So you asked about this, the keep your hand at the level of yeah. your eyes. Um, the instruction to keep your hand at the level of your eyes is another reference from the book in which the Phantom was adept at deposing, or I'm sorry, disposing of victims with the Punjab lasso. Keeping one's hand at the level of one's eyes kept the Punjab lasso away from the victim's neck and was the only defense. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, prior to, th- this makes sense. Prior to the making of the film, Gerard Butler never had a proper singing lesson. So when he was recording music of the night, he said, quote, it was quite difficult considering how long you have to hold the ending note. I don't know why they they chose Gerard Butler, like, if he had never had a proper singing lesson. Like, I mean, I think he did fine. I think he did a good enough job. Yeah, but for, like, this kind of movie, like, for the fan of the opera, I mean, the longest running show on Broadway, you'd think they'd pick an actor that could actually sing. Yeah, but they picked an actor who could get totally ripped for 300. <laughs> yeah, why, though? Because the Phantom is not ripped. This is Sparta. <laughs> no, it's not. It's Paris. Yeah, it must work out. Wow. Swings around on the things like a trapeze artist. What's that? Okay, this is interesting. Neither Gerard Butler nor Emmy Rosam had seen the musical prior to receiving their roles. That's awesome. That's like what? What? Okay, that makes sense too. That's so good. Um. Okay. Um. Um. He composed. I'm sorry, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber composed 15 minutes of new music for the film. Some of it was reused in his stage sequel, Love Never Dies. So there might be some music that we'll see make a, a reappearance. Oh. oh heck yeah! Let's go, dude. Yeah. Woo. Oh my god. Okay, here we go. Over the course of the film's development, mm-hmm. John Travolta, Antonio Banderas, Meatloaf, Heath Ledger, and Matthew McConaughey were considered for the role of the Phantom. Banderas actually spent oh. several years in vocal preparation and sang the role of the Phantom in great performances. Andrew Lloyd, so some CD or performance they did. Wow. Wow. I want to. See, I would have loved to see Meatloaf. As the Phantom. That would have been awesome. That would have been sick. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, they sh- oh, they should have done this. It says at one point Hugh Jackman and Anne Hathaway were considered for the roles of the Phantom and Christine, respectively. Oh, it says due to prior commitments, neither could participate, and the latter. Oh wait. However, they both would. Okay, yeah. It says they were cast in Les Mis. But dude, could you imagine if it was Hugh Jackman and Anne Hathaway? I feel like it would have been like ten times better. Yeah, probably. I liked it though. I don't know. I had no complaints. Not uh, about that, anyway. I do have complaints about the Phantom. <laughs> weirdo. The movie went through 18 masks, mostly because the masks would get fingerprints on them. Okay. Yeah, you can't have it ruining your HD mask. Yeah. Kira Knightley auditioned for the role of Christine. <laughs> what? Should have been Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman? <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Oh, God. Why? Oh, Catherine Zeta-Jones turned down the role of Christine as having done Chicago, she didn't want to do two singing roles in a row. Yeah, fair. Wow. 
Okay, okay. Singing roles have got to be annoying. Yeah. Like doing a movie, but also doing a musical production sound. That's... Yeah. Ugh, it's got to be taxing on your voice. Yeah. Like having to sing the same stuff. Like I mean, even doing it like... Like rehearsing for a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine they dub everything. Yeah, they but do, but... Still, you have to be in the recording studio for weeks getting, like, everything to sound perfect. Yikes, man. That, kudos to them. They, they pulled it off fairly well enough. Yeah. By my estimations. Um, All right, Rich. So what is your pick for our next episode? So I have a huge soft spot for old Adam Sandler movies, actually. Like, when I was a kid, some of the classics, like Waterboy, Happy Gilmore, I haven't really Billy watched Madison. a lot of Adam Sandler. Oh, my gosh. So... My pick is Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore? Yep. Okay. And, um, oh boy. It's vulgar, but it's a trip. I really, I think this movie's hilarious, so. Well, I'm excited to watch it. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I'm interested. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I've never seen it at all, so I'm excited to watch it. Awesome. All right, well, then we will catch you guys on uh, on our next episode yeah thank you for joining us on the spouse selection podcast yeah um and we're still season two technically and we promise we will not take another three-month hiatus yeah this is the great reinvigoration yes this is the great relaunching you know sun's out guns out we got our we got spring is sprung and so have we (laughs) amen (laughs) all right thanks guys bye bye (laughs)